0: Exodus 29 through Exodus 30.10 Now this is what you shall do to them, to consecrate them, to serve as priests to me. Take one bull, and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread, and unleavened cakes mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers spread with oil, and you shall make them of fine wheat flour. And you shall put them in one basket, and present them in the basket along with the bull and the two rams. Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of meeting, and wash them with water. And you shall take the garments, and put on Aaron the tunic, and the robe of the ephod, and the ephod, and the breastpiece, and wrap his waist with the skillfully woven band of the ephod. And you shall set the turban on his head, and put the holy crown on the turban. Then you shall take the anointing oil, and pour it on his head, and anoint him. You shall also bring his sons, and put tunics on them. And you shall wrap their waists with sashes, Aaron and his sons, and fit caps on them. And they shall have the priesthood by a permanent statute. So you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Then you shall bring the bull in front of the tent of meeting, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull, and you shall slaughter the bull before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Then you shall take some of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger, and you shall pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. And you shall take all the fat that covers the entrails, and the lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is on them, and offer them up in smoke on the altar. But the flesh of the bull and its hide and its refuse you shall burn with fire outside the camp. It is a sin offering. You shall also take the one ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, And you shall slaughter the ram, and take its blood, and sprinkle it around on the altar. Then you shall cut the ram into its pieces, and wash its entrails and its legs, and put them with its pieces and its head. And you shall offer up in smoke the whole ram on the altar. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a soothing aroma, an offering by fire to the Lord. Then you shall take the other ram. And Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall slaughter the ram, and take some of its blood, and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, and on the lobes of his sons' right ears, and on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet, and sprinkle the rest of the blood around on the altar. Then you shall take some of the blood that is on the altar, and some of the anointing oil, And sprinkle it on Aaron and on his garments, and on the son's and on his son's garments with him. So he and his garments shall be consecrated, as well as his son's and his son's garments with him. You shall also take the fat from the ram, and the fat tail, and the fat that covers the entrails and the lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, and the right thigh, for it is a ram of ordination, And one loaf of bread, and one cake of bread, mixed with oil, and one wafer from the basket of unleavened bread, which is set before the Lord. And you shall put all of these in the hands of Aaron, and in the hands of his sons, and shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Then you shall take them from their hands, and offer them up in smoke on the altar on the burnt offering, for a soothing aroma before the Lord. It is an offering by fire to the Lord. Then you shall take the breast of Aaron's ram of ordination, and wave it as a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be your portion. You shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering, and the thigh of the contribution, which was waved and which was offered from the ram of ordination, from the one which was for Aaron, and from the one which was for his sons, It shall be for Aaron and his sons as their portion forever from the sons of Israel. For it is a contribution, and it shall be a contribution from the sons of Israel, from the sacrifices of their peace offerings, their contribution to the Lord. The holy garments of Aaron shall be for his sons after him, so that they may be anointed and ordained in them. For seven days the one of his sons who is priest in his place shall put them on when he enters the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. Now you shall take the ram of ordination and boil its flesh in a holy place. Then Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket at the doorway of the tent of meeting. So they shall eat those things by which atonement was made at their ordination and consecration. But a layman shall not eat them because they are holy. And if any of the flesh of ordination, or any of the bread remains until morning, then you shall burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten, because it is holy. So you shall do for Aaron and for his sons, according to all that I have commanded you. And you shall ordain them for seven days. Each day you shall offer a bull as a sin offering for atonement. And you shall purify the altar when you make atonement for it and you shall anoint it and consecrate it. For seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and consecrate it. Then the altar shall be most holy, and whatever touches the altar shall be holy. Now this is what you shall offer on the altar, two one-year-old lambs each day, continuously. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer at twilight. And there shall be a tenth of an ephah, of fine flour mixed with a fourth of hen of beaten oil, and a fourth of a hin of wine for a drink offering with one lamb. The other lamb you shall offer at twilight, and shall offer with it the same grain offering and the same drink offering as in the morning, for a soothing aroma, an offering by fire to the Lord it shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the doorway of the tent of meeting before the Lord, where I will meet with you and speak to you there. I will meet there with the sons of Israel, and it shall be consecrated by my glory. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar. I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve as priests to me, and I will dwell among the sons of Israel, and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, so that I might dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Now you shall make an altar as a place for burning incense. You shall make it of acacia wood. Its length shall be a cubit, and its width a cubit. It shall be square, and its height shall be two cubits. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top and its sides all around, and its horns, and you shall make a gold molding all around for it. You shall also make two gold rings for it, under its molding. You shall make them on its two sides, on opposite sides, and they shall be holders for poles with which to carry it. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold. You shall put this altar in front of the veil that is near the Ark of the Testimony, in front of the atoning cover that is over the Ark of the Testimony, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn fragrant incense on it. He shall burn it every morning when he trims the lamps. And when Aaron sets up the lamps at twilight, he shall burn incense. There shall be perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations." You shall not offer any strange incense on this altar, or burnt offering, or meal offering, and you shall not pour out a drink offering on it. However, Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once a year. He shall make atonement on it with the blood of the sin offering of atonement once a year throughout your generations. It is most holy to the Lord. Mark 12. And he began to speak to them in parables: A man planted a vineyard, and put a fence around it, and dug a vat under the winepress, and built a tower, and leased it to vine growers, and went on a journey. And at harvest time he sent a slave to the vine growers, in order to receive his share of the produce of the vineyard from the vine growers. And they took him, and beat him, and sent him away empty handed. And again he sent another slave And they wounded him in the head And treated him shamefully And he sent another And that one they killed And so with many others Beating some and killing others He had one more man to send A beloved son He sent him to them last of all Saying They will respect my son But those vine growers said to one another This is the heir Come, let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him, and killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and put the vine growers to death, and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read the scripture? A stone which the builders rejected, this has become the chief cornerstone. This came about from the Lord, and it is marvelous to our eyes and they began seeking to seize him. And yet they feared the people, for they understood that he told the parable against them, and so they left him and went away. Then they sent some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to him in order to trap him in a statement. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are truthful, and do not care what anyone thinks, for you are not partial to anyone. But you teach the way of God in truth. Is it permissible to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? Are we to pay or not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius to look at. And they brought one. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus said to them, Pay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were utterly amazed at him. Some Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus, and began questioning him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves behind a wife, and does not leave a child, his brother is to marry the wife and raise up children for his brother. There were seven brothers, and the first took a wife, and died, leaving no children. The second one married her, and died, leaving behind no children. And the third likewise, and so the seven together left no children. Last of all, the woman also died. In the resurrection, which one's wife will she be? For each of the seven had her as his wife. Jesus said to them, Is this not the reason you are mistaken, that you do not understand the scriptures nor the power of God? For when they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given into marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the fact that the dead rise, have you not read in the book of Moses in the passage about the burning bush, how God spoke to him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are greatly mistaken. One of the scribes came up and heard them arguing, and recognizing that he had answered them well, asked him, What commandment is the foremost of all? Jesus answered, The foremost is, Hear Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You have truly stated that he is one, and there is no other beside him. And to love him with all your heart, and with all understanding, and with all strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is much more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered intelligently, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And then no one dared any longer to question him. And Jesus responded and began saying, As he taught in the temple area, How is it that the scribes say the Christ is the son of David? David himself said in the Holy Spirit, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So in what sense is he his son? And the large crowd enjoyed listening to him. And in his teaching he was saying, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes, and like personal greetings in the marketplaces, and seats of honor in the synagogues, and places of honor at banquets, who devour widows' houses, and for appearance's sake offer long prayers, these will receive all the more condemnation. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury, and began watching how the people were putting money into the treasury, and many rich people were putting in large amounts, and a poor widow came and put in two lepta coins, which amount to a quadrins. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow put in more than all the contributors to the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Romans. Five. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope, and hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly, for one will hardly die for a righteous person. Though perhaps, for the good person, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Not only this, but we also celebrate in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and so death spread to all mankind, because all sinned, for until the law sin was in the world, But sin is not counted against anyone when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam until Moses, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of the violation committed by Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the gracious gift is not like the offense. For if by the offense of the one many died, much more did the grace of God, and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. The gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for on the one hand the judgment arose from one offense, resulting in condemnation, but on the other hand the gracious gift arose from many offenses, resulting in justification. For if by the offense of the one death reigned through the one, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So then, as through one offense the result was condemnation to all mankind, so also, through one act of righteousness, the result was justification of life to all mankind. For as through the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners... So also through the obedience of the one, the many will be made righteous. The law came in so that the offense would increase. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that, as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Proverbs fourteen twenty eight through 35 In a multitude of people is a king's glory. But in the scarcity of people is a prince's ruin. One who is slow to anger has great understanding. But one who is quick-tempered exalts foolishness. A tranquil heart is life to the body but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. One who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, but one who is gracious to the needy honors him. The wicked is thrust down by his own wrongdoing, but the righteous has a refuge when he dies. Wisdom rests in the heart of one who has understanding, but among fools it is made known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. The king's favor is toward a servant who acts wisely, but his anger is toward him who acts shamefully. Psalm 31, 19-24 How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you which you have performed for those who take refuge in you, before the sons of mankind. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of mankind. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown his marvelous faithfulness to me in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I am cut off from your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the sound of my pleadings when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his godly ones. The Lord watches over the faithful, but fully repays the one who acts arrogantly. Be strong, and let your heart take courage, all you who wait for the Lord.